I've got Nick Mayo, Pastor Nick Mayo, up with me, and we're going to be, do you want to talk, why don't you introduce yourself? It'll be better than me introducing you. Sure. I, uh, I lead our young adults uh, discipleship program. It's a nine-month program. We go from August to May, get to, uh, to hang out with the students, build relationship with them. We meet every Monday from 9 to 3.30 in the afternoon, and uh, we just dive into the, the depths of what kingdom life looks like, what the life with God looks like, and uh, I'm just joyful to be here tonight with you guys. Awesome. I don't know if you had the opportunity to sit in pastor's message. I sat in uh, one of the services Sunday morning. I listened to the other part of the other one on Sunday morning as well. And then I got the opportunity to go back through it. And really, uh, one of the verses, one of the verses that he said really, I guess, stood out to me, if I could say it that way. And I was talking with Pastor Nick about this for a few minutes earlier today. But I wanted to kind of read it to you guys and just talk about what this implies, what this implies for us as Christians, as people who are trying to live, as a Christian, we're trying to live our life for Jesus. We're trying to be a good representation of him to the people around us in 2022 when there's so much going on in whatever way you want to talk about it. There's a lot going on. But this is from Habakkuk, and it's chapter 3, and it's verses 17 and 18. And it starts with this. It says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off, from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls. So basically, though everything that you want to happen is not happening. That's basically what it's saying. Basically, everything's going wrong financially, business-wise, for this individual. It says, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Pastor Nick, I just wanted to, like, what are your, like, raw thoughts about what that verse means and maybe what that means for us today? Sure. Yeah, I, I think think through the last couple of years, many of us can relate to, though things aren't going the way that I wanted them to go and things aren't going the way that I anticipated them to go, uh, what he's talking about is Despite the circumstances, I'm still going to exalt the Lord. I'm still going to give gratitude, thankfulness to the Lord and praise my God because he is unchanging, although the circumstances may not be where I want them to be. And I think Pastor was going over that quite a bit on, on Sunday as well, talking about First uh, Thessalonians. It's talking about, you know, pray always and then be thankful. In all things, be thankful. Not for all things, be thankful. But in all things, be thankful. And, and it's not determined on the circumstances that we're in. Yeah. Our thankfulness is determined on the faithfulness of who God is. That's what sticks out to me right away. Yeah. Yeah. This, this kind of this struck a chord with me. I don't know if any of you has struck a chord with you, but uh, immediately I went back. My mom passed away uh, from cancer in 2008. August of 2008, and she was diagnosed with cancer in about 2006-ish, 2000, late 2005, early 2006. Uh, and so, so this immediately kind of struck a chord with me because it's like, wait, what does it mean for me to be able to say, yet I will exalt the Lord, I'll rejoice in the God of my salvation in the midst 
of challenges, in the midst of trials. Because most of the time, when we experience something that's tragic or difficult or hard, in those moments, what's the first thing the enemy's doing? The first thing the enemy's doing is he's tapping on your shoulder saying, you can't trust God. You can't trust God. You can't trust God. Yet in this moment, this person seems to be saying, in those moments, you still have to go and say, I trust God. So, and I, I guess I should preface it with this. I don't think it means that God is causing these things. Because the Bible is very clear, like, God brings good things into our life. Uh, I don't think Adam and Eve would be experiencing bad things if they hadn't walked away and rejected God. So I think we can, we can establish God wants good for our life. Uh, we live in a broken world and all that. But it's like, how do I walk out on a day-to-day basis? Uh, Pastor Nick, you work with a lot of young adults. Like, how, what would you do if a young adult came and sat in your office and he began to pour out and say, this is like, this is the, the mess I find myself in? Like, how, how do you walk someone through that moment? Well, I sit with them, <laughs> and I, I hear the mess that they're they're going through, right? And you you partner with them in that that instance, and even in that kind of sense, even just sitting down and, and hearing the mess that somebody's in and partnering with them, you're you're also kind of doing a, a stand-in for God's presence. They start to even uh, recognize, oh, yeah. oh, there's there's somebody here with me in this. One of my uh, one of my favorite musicians, John Mark McMillan, he has a song called "The Road, the Rocks, and the Weeds." And in there, he has a a verse and a line that goes, I've got no answers for heartbreaks or cancers, but a Savior who suffers them with me. And the beautiful thing that we start to recognize of Christ coming down to be in our very nature, God, his nature coming to be in flesh, uh, suffering the cross, suffering persecution, suffering all these different things, is him actually partnering himself with our our circumstances, that, that when we look at the cross, we could see not just a Savior who saved me from my sins, but a Savior who's suffering within the midst of the suffering, and then giving purpose to the suffering because we know the other side of the suffering is for Jesus. It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross, passed through the cross, and then came out on the other end. So there, there's a hope, and in, in, to answer your question, when I sit down with students, it's helping them to see Christ in the midst Praise Christ in the midst, yeah. and then link them to the hope of Christ in the midst. Huh. That's good. Um, the idea that, I like that, link them to the hope. Mm-hmm. That's Christ in the midst. Um, I think, is it, in Philippians it says, and I think it's Philippians chapter 4, where it says, um, rejoice in the Lord. Yes. Again, you know? I say again, rejoice. Yeah, again, I say. So it's this idea of like, sometimes... Sometimes we've got to tell ourselves, no, we're going to rejoice. How many of you guys have ever been in a moment where you're like, maybe you don't want to rejoice, but you have to say, you want to know what? I'm going to rejoice in this moment because I know that I have to. I'm not, I'm not thankful to God for the circumstance, but I'm thankful for God in the midst. You know, and it's this idea of like, no. And I'm trying to, is, is Philippians, I think Philippians, he's in prison. Yeah. He's in prison, and and they call Philippians the letter of joy. Paul's constantly talking through joy, and he's constantly talking about being in chains. And you're like, 
okay, is he delusional? Like, Paul, you're in chains. You're in prison. You shouldn't be joyful. But, yeah. but he's, he's, again, linked to the hope of Christ. Yeah. And he's, he's moving from a greater reality yeah, yeah. Yep. than the reality that he's currently finding himself in. Uh, so despite his circumstances, he's still praying and praising to God. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think a good distinction, when we, when we talk about gratitude and thankfulness, I think sometimes we, we misunderstand gratitude and thankfulness as either optimism or ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm optimistic that everything's going to work out. Yeah. Well, Christ promises us, like, in this world, you will have many trials, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? He, d- he doesn't sugarcoat it. He's not going, Paul's not going, oh, the chains aren't there. He's yeah. not ignorant either. Yeah. But it is, it is tapping into thankfulness and joy are both things that are tapping into a greater reality than the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We, we are plugged into a kingdom of abundance, yeah. the kingdom of God. Yeah. And at any moment, Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At any moment, we could reach into that reality, whether we feel like it or not. I don't need to feel thankful to then be thankful. Yeah. The feelings will follow, and I'm tapping into that reality, pulling the kingdom into my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, so Philippians, we've been, t- we've been kind of talking a little bit about Philippians, and it made, it, it, when you said that, it immediately made me think of this verse, and especially when you said, like, we're connected to a greater reality. I think you said something like, we're connected to something that's greater than what is actually around us. One of my wife's friends passed away about it. I think it was a little over a year ago now. And it was a sudden accident where, where it just happened. And I remember talking with my wife in that moment. And the realization came to me that when, when that young lady passed away, the next, her, her next breath was the most real breath she's ever breathed. And it kind of made me think about something, and then, and then it comes to tonight, and you say that, and it makes me think about Philippians. Again, this is, this is a moment where he's like talking about being full of joy, yet in the midst of suffering. In Philippians 1, verse 21, Paul says, for me to live, uh, so, sorry, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I used to read that, and I was so confused. Like, what does that mean? But what, what it is, is it's like, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live, and I'm going to, I know, first of all, who God is, I know who I am, and I'm going to show Jesus Christ to as many people as I can, and I'm going to benefit the kingdom by living. And then to die is gain, because he knows that in the moment, if he actually, when he dies, he's going to experience so much, something so much greater than anything he's ever experienced up into that point. So even in the midst of trials, of persecution, of, of imprisonment and all this stuff, Paul can say, for me to live uh, is Christ and to die is gain. That's an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I think it's just, it's a great reality to realize that we did a, for Access, our, our young adults this Thursday, we did uh, three different stations during worship to where uh, we could kind of activate different areas of our faith. And there's a, a station that was about fears. And, and playing our fears out to the ultimate end of, of what we think that they could go to 
And, and most of our, our worst case scenario fears would be either that we would end up in torment or in, in uh, just death. Yeah. Playing those to the ultimate end and then asking Christ where he would be then. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we, we recognize no matter what happens to me in this mortal body, yeah. at the end of the day, I win. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. To be absent yeah. from the body yeah. is to be present with the Lord. And, and there is a great hope that we are, we are constantly, and we should be constantly setting ourselves to. And when we do so, it allows us to go through this life with a gratitude, with a thankfulness. That's, again, it's not attached to the temporal. It's attached to the eternal. And Paul's constantly talking. If you look at the, the letter to Corinthians, if you look at some of his other letters, he's constantly talking about these momentary afflictions, right? <laughs> the, the, the small little trials that you're going through pale in comparison to the weight of yeah. glory to come. But you have to realize that in the midst of him saying that, we wouldn't consider what he was going through momentary affliction. Yeah. Other place in Corinthians, he starts listing off yeah. all the things yeah. that he's gone Shipwrecked through. Shipwrecked several That's times. Right. Beaten by rods. Beaten by rocks. Dragged <laughs> out of the city. They thought he was dead. He got back up and went back in. So who is this guy? Yeah, it's I wouldn't suggest watching this movie, but there's a, a James Bond movie. <laughs> Forgive me for even bringing this up. But a James Bond movie where he's being, like, beaten by the bad guy. And throughout it, he's just constantly laughing. And it's just irritating the bad guy so much. And I just, like, I picture that's, that's Paul, Paul is, is in yeah. the midst of, of just being beaten by the, the enemy yeah. through all these different means. And he's just like, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And he's just laughing in the face of danger. Yeah. Oh, man. Again, so, that's not optimism. That's not ignorance. So, so my question for us, I don't think, I, well, I could be honest with everyone in here. We're not in prison. We don't have chains around our ankles. We might not even be physically persecuted for what we believe. Yet we still find ourselves in the midst of challenges, whether it's we're going through something at work or marriage, marriage is, is in a moment that we would consider probably rocky or challenging, or maybe it's uh, believing for like a child and conception, but it's not, it's not working, or friends. Like we find ourselves in the midst of moments. What can we take? What steps can we do? How can we prepare ourselves that when we find ourselves in our prison, whatever that is, Pastor Nick, what steps can we take to set ourselves up so that we're ready to be able to rejoice in the midst of it, to have thankfulness and gratitude as Pastor was talking about this weekend? What are some practical things that we can do? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the aspects for us to, to consider as we look at the the surroundings we find ourselves in, just the world that we live in in 2022. Like you said, we're not being persecuted yeah. uh, in the ways that, that you know, Paul was or, or even other believers across seas are being. Uh, and within America, within our time, we tend to find ourselves in a bit of an entitlement culture. Yeah. And to be open and honest with ourselves in the areas that we have found ourselves entitled in, and, and, and maybe even going through and just observing some of our weekly patterns, like this thing in our pockets, when, when this takes a little too long to load up an app on, on how aggravated we get versus just allowing it to be or to, uh, to take hold of our attention and put it towards gratitude towards the Lord. There, it, it's actually permeated into much the entitlement is permeated into much of, of who we are. So I think some of our direct steps is you don't jump from recognizing that you're entitled to not being entitled at all. You don't jump from recognizing that you, you find it difficult to be 
to be grateful and thankful in the midst of really difficult situations, right? You bring up previous loss of cancer. It's like, that's a difficult thing to, to find ourselves thankful in the midst of when a, a family member, a friend, or ourselves ends up with a, a cancer diagnosis. And it's okay to find it difficult to be thankful in that situation. We, we could actually probably start a little bit lower and, and try and be thankful when we stub our toe <laughs> and then work our way up. In finding small little areas throughout our day, just as much as we have small little areas that we find ourselves entitled, yeah. finding those small little areas to then be grateful. You know who does this really well? Pastor Moses Alexander. <laughs> when, when our class goes and serves with him at Acts Gospel, and, and like constantly, throughout, I love being with him because constantly throughout the day he'll go, thank you, Jesus, you know, glory to God. And I'm just like, man, this guy knows how to praise the Lord. Just for anything, yeah, yeah, you know, somebody yeah. comes in. I've watched people come in and, and give a dollar uh, into the offering plate while we're out there serving. And he just, he praises the Lord for it, yeah. you know, yeah. for things that, that hopefully there's nobody that would, that would not celebrate that. Yeah. But it's not a difficult thing for him to celebrate that. He's actually built up a character of yeah. gratitude. Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of it comes down to just choosing I honestly think, and this is, this is me speaking to myself in front of you for a second, but I think honestly for me, just honestly taking time each day to stop and pause and think about what I can be grateful for. Because honestly, what, there, there's, a, there's a, the saying like the squeaky wheel gets a grease, right? When, if, if you've got a, if you've got a <laughs> I think it came from, horse and carriage time. I don't really know, probably. But if I've got a horse and a carriage and I'm riding in it and this wheel is squeaking, I'm thinking about that wheel, right? I'm not thinking about the other three that aren't squeaking. I, I keep thinking about this wheel and how annoying it is. So I put my attention on that, which I have no reason to be grateful for. I'm not going to be grateful. Thank you, Lord, that this wheel squeaks. I should be saying, thank you, Lord, that my other three wheels aren't. You know, and just choosing to say, just to, to stop and take a moment and say, what am I even able to be thankful for? Because my attention's always on that which is probably negative if I don't intentionally think about those that are positive. Oh, absolutely. If you look at all Paul's letters, all of Paul's letters are, are just like peppered with gratitude, peppered with this word, be thankful. Uh, the word there is the Greek word Eucharisto. It's where we get Eucharist if, if, uh, if one of your traditions that you may have come from calls the communion that way. It's, it's thankfulness. Yeah. That's yeah. why we'd say communion here. That we're talking about relationship, but Eucharist mm -hmm. is thankfulness. And actually, the, I think it's interesting that the Eastern Orthodox you know, sect of Christianity uh, aims at living a Eucharistic life, a life of gratitude. And, and actually, the, the Eastern Church in Russia and different areas like that, would say that being thankful is actually the very way that we appropriate what Christ has paid for us. It's the actual way that we reach into the kingdom and, and grab what he has rightfully delivered to us after his propitiation. Uh, and I just, I think that's a beautiful thing. If I could take it kind of back to Pastor's uh, series where we're He's talking about going deeper in God, but he's, he's using that Romans 1 aspect yeah. to where yep. this was the thing that led people away from God, and he's reversing them, yeah. bringing us back to the Lord. 
I think it's really important for us to see throughout the overarching arc of Scripture, there's a common thread. If you've ever gone through, you know, Bible in a year or, or, or read through the narrative of Scripture, there's something that you'll see constantly, unfortunately. And it, it's, it's supposed to be doing something in us to awaken us to this aspect of gratitude. God will do something for the people of Israel. And the, the Israelites, immediately after this thing, will, will praise the Lord. They'll do all these, you know, they're responding back. They're being, he is their God. They are his people. And then you see these unfortunate times to where they forget God. And every single, this is the arc of Scripture. Every single time the Israelites forget to praise God, forget to remember the things that he has done for them, are the moment that their hearts are allured away by different gods, that they fall into idolatry. Every single time God remembers his own covenant with them, chases them down, gets them back, establishes them. They get so excited. And then a couple chapters later, they forget the movements of God. And you see it. That's where God tells them, set up a rock of remembrance, the Ebenezer, yeah. right? Yeah. If you look all throughout the Psalms, the psalmists are trying to remember or remind the Israelites of the story of God. Do not forget the story of God. Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law, that's Torah. It's not just the law of the Torah. It's actually the entire story of what God's been doing in your midst. Do not let it depart from your mouth but meditate on it day and night. The entire book, and we see it through Paul's letters again, is God trying to get us back into this Eucharistic lifestyle, this lifestyle of thanksgiving to where we remember now what Christ ultimately did on the cross. And yet, in our culture of entitlement, it is very easy for us, just as much as the Israelites got allured away by false gods, for us to get lured away by other things. You know, honestly, how easy it is to consider a story finished before it's actually finished, you know, and that can go two ways. Like, you know, you talk about Israel and they're, they're, they're in that low moment and God comes through and they're at this high moment and they could stop there and, and, and not continue going. But it's also true in the other way. Like, I think about when us, when we're in the middle of moments of difficulty and struggle, we need to not consider the story finished because there's more to the story, you know, and how sad it is to cut a, sh- a story short before you see God come through. And I think that's why Paul can make the comment, like, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Basically what he's saying is I'm not going to end my story before my story's end is me with Christ, you know? Completely. And that's at the beginning of, of Philippians. Let me get to that part in Philippians 4 where you're saying, he's, he's saying, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> Immediately after that, and this is the move that Paul's making here. Immediately after that, he says, do not be anxious for anything, but through everything, mm-hmm. in every, it, hear that, in every circumstance, no matter what the circumstance yeah. is, yeah. Bring your prayers and supplications to the Lord with thanksgiving. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's exactly what you're saying. The story is not finished yet. 
So don't bring your anxieties up. You can recognize your anxieties. If you're feeling your anxieties, you do not need to feel shame about those. But bring your prayers, supplications, and thanksgiving to the Lord. And he will, in that thanksgiving, show you what he is at work doing, or at least has been at work doing, throughout the entire narrative of the human existence. And it will sure us up and bring the shalom, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it will guard our hearts and minds. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and that's why Paul can sit there when he's in prison, as you said, when he's getting beat up by the enemy, yet he's kind of almost like, <laughs> rejoice, you know, I'm so happy about this. This is, a, you know, God's amazing. And the enemy's like, no, you need to stop. And I think that's what, that's what we need to recognize. The enemy brings difficult moments into our lives, not for, for nothing less than to get us to draw our attention away from God. You know, I, I think of John 10, 10, and I always, I always look at John 10, 10, and I see two plans for my life. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, the enemy has a plan for all of our lives, whether you're in here watching, you're online. Uh, God has a pl- uh, the, the enemy has a plan for our life, and that's to still kill and destroy. But God has a plan, and he has a plan for life and life abundant. And I love the song that Ricky sang with that because it takes us just stopping and saying, you want to know what? In, when it comes down, when the rubber meets the road is when I say, you want to know what? I trust God. I recognize just like Paul, like there's a future where, I, where I, I'll be with Christ. But for me right now, it's going to be all about Jesus. And I'm going to keep living for him. So for me to live as Christ, and when I die, it'll be even more amazing. It'll be uh, everything that I've been believing for is now tangible. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I, my mind just keeps on going, continue Philippians 4, continue Philippians yeah. 4. I just I want to con- keep reading here in 4.8. Right after that, in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think... Paul understands that when he's writing to the Philippians, they're still going to struggle with this. So, so he goes, finally, beloved. And I, I, I kind of hear it through the sense of like, if you find that difficult to do, then here's a key. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. And Do I you just, know what that is? Don't think about that squeaky wheel. Yeah. Think about the other three. Yeah. And, and sometimes the other three aren't actually happening in your life. Yeah. Sometimes you're contending for the breakthrough yeah. in your job. And, and the thinking about whatever is pure and pleasing and excellence might actually be somebody else getting the promotion that they were hoping for. And you humbling yourself, again, not falling into the entitlement, but actually looking over and celebrating what God's doing in their life, giving praise and gratitude for what God's on the move doing. There is never a moment in our life, and I think we need to hear this, there is never a moment in our life where God is not on the move, both in our life and everyone else's life. There is never a moment in our life, there's never a circumstance that God doesn't have a redemptive solution for. Even if that redemptive solution is, if you died, I got you in my hands. And, and the God of peace will be with you. 
I think Paul couldn't be more clear. Colossians, he says, since then you, this Colossians 3, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts and minds on things above. Do not think on the worldly things, but think about the things that are happening in the heavenly places. Again, it's another opportunity for us to be grateful. So to wrap up, we've got just like two minutes left. What are some things that we can do to keep our focus where our focus needs to be? And I think of what uh, Pastor Nick and I got the opportunity to sit down with Pastor Dwayne and some other people. And we, we talked about uh, routine. And Pastor is an amazing example of the benefit of routine. You know, he's, he's very routine-driven, which is amazing. Um, can you think of maybe one, two, or three routines that we can all take and maybe stick into our life that can help us do this life of gratitude and thankfulness. Yeah. I would say opening our prayers with thankfulness. You know, uh, we could take it from, from just a single line, God, I just thank you for today. We do that quite a bit. Or, or we can start working into our prayer time a little bit more and just sit there and dwell on things that we should be thankful for. Yeah. Are there things in my past that I haven't thanked you on, God? And would you bring my heart to those things so then I could rejoice in you now? And then starting to, to work that type of prayer into our first thing in the morning. Yeah. One of the things that I instilled into my life that was a bit difficult and tricky to get in and in, in started, but now has become such a habitual routine, yeah. is to wake up and just say, good morning, Papa. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for today. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. And, and, and just such a, a simple little... Morning posture of gratitude sets me on the course for the day of recognizing I'm not doing this day on my own. I have the God of peace yeah. with me. Yeah. And even if, you ha- even if you have to take a sticky note and put it, you know, on, on, the, mirror on the mirror for when you brush your teeth or in the car, in the car might be a good place because, you know, there's a lot of things to not be thankful for around <laughs> you and maybe, maybe in the car. But we could, yeah, we could set some practical, like, Starting the day with prayer. I think, I think spending time reading the Bible so that you can recognize what God has done, what he is doing, and what he's going to do, and, 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 and making uh, a foundation for your life of the Bible. Yeah. One last one that I'll give is, is recognize the areas where you're complaining and start. It might look like starting right after you complain with following up with a, a piece of gratitude. <laughs> You know, oh, it's raining. But praise the Lord that my, my grass is uh, going to grow, you know. Uh, and, then, and then slowly but surely building that, that, again, virtue, that habit, that holy habit in yourself to where instead of complaining, you are, you are naturally the type of person who is, is grateful. If we look at the, the person of Jesus, there is never a point of complaining. There's certainly points of calling things out ingrained into who he was, not just because he was God, but because he lived a life of intentionality aimed towards the Father. He was the type of person who would naturally give thanks for everything. And if you look through the life of Christ, you will see just how much thankfulness. Thank you, God, that you heard my prayer. Thank you, God, that you, you love this. You know, it's amazing. Come on, man. All right, well, time is up. We gotta, we gotta kind of wrap this up. Uh, I think let's, let's, recap with this, making a routine of being thankful in the midst of difficulties, but also if we could start our day with that. I think that's a good challenge for us to just say, 
Good morning, Lord. Thank you for today. Maybe every every day until next Wednesday. That'd be kind of mm-hmm. be kind of cool to see what that would do in our lives. I'll join you in that. You'll join. Okay. But I do want to offer up, man. Paul said, "For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain." But you can't make that comment if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. See, the amazing thing is that Jesus came to this earth to make a way for us to be connected back to God because there was a separation that happened, and I'm not going to go through a ton of it, but when Adam and Eve chose to depend on themselves rather than depend on God, there was a a rift that was made, and that rift was sin, and it separated man from the Creator, and Jesus came to make a way for that to be healed, for that to be mended. And Jesus Christ is the answer. Uh, John 14, 6, for I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. And uh, I want to offer up an opportunity that if you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. But if everyone can close your eyes, bow your heads, I'm just going to count one, two, three. If that's you, raise up your hand. Come on. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer. Can I get everyone, whether you, you've said it before or you haven't yet, can you say, Jesus, today I choose you. I give myself to you. And I ask that you would forgive me of the mistakes that I've made. And I choose to live for you as my Lord and my Savior. Father, I bless every person in here, whether they're online in person. Lord, I bless them. I pray that, Lord, you would help us to know what it means, just like Paul, to live lives of gratitude, to make thankfulness embedded in our hearts so deep that it's not that we're thankful for circumstances, but, but we're going to be thankful even in the midst of circumstances. So, so Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said...